No one ever said that talking about politics is easy. In today's briefcase, we talk about some of the more provocative topics of conversation we've had lately. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsu Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies. So we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. We have gotten some feedback lately, Sarah. We have. It's been good, though. I mean, I kind of like it when it's obvious that people are thinking and especially when we realize that people are sort of out having conversations in their lives about things we've discussed here. So even though uh, some of it has been like a little bit of pushback, I I think it's been very cool to hear from people. I can take it. Absolutely. So the first thing that we want to revisit a little bit is our conversation about birth. Um, We heard from Michael and Ashley who are both in the medical profession in a university setting. Together. Together. Like they know each other. Yes. And they had some issues with our discussion about birth and I think particularly reacted to the way that I described my experience with my OBs. So I know that we both have some follow-up thoughts. The one thing that I want to make really clear is that when I talk about birth and the state of birth in the United States and how I see that as a political issue, that to me has 
a little tiny bit perhaps to do with OBs, but not a whole lot. Does that make sense, Sarah? Yes, in that I sort of goes to our, you know, I think this is the same issue I brought up when we talk about the quote unquote, the police and police officers as individuals. You know, it's like you say, I think there's a problem with the system and police officers understandably here you're the problem when really no 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 that's not what I'm saying at all and I think the same thing happens when you talk about sort of medical the medical system and then doctors here well you hate women you're the problem as an individual and that's definitely not what we are saying at all right or education and teachers you know it's it's sort of people are always working within a system and I think that with birth in particular we're talking about a really old system, right? And something that's been around since, you know, for all time. And I think our attitudes about women um, for all time necessarily influence that process. And so it's not that I think any individual OB today is trying to act in a way that is disrespectful to or devaluing of women. It's just that I think overall our system has gotten to a place that is not particularly supportive of or helpful to women who are interested in making their own decisions about the birthing process. Well, and I think, you know, I think people hear criticism of the medical system, like I said, and they hear not just the individual doctors, but people general, people in general think this begins and ends with the decisions that doctors make. And I do not think that is the case. So when I say, you know, my midwife is thinking about nothing else but me and my baby, that's not to say that the doctor sort of is a bad person for thinking about those things. Doctors exist within systems that have all kinds of players beyond the doctor, insurance companies, hospitals, lawyers, um, administrators, all these things, you know, the economics of medical care, all these things come into play. And that's, those are pressures weighing on the doctor. And that I don't think the doctor is a bad person for responding to those pressures. I don't think it's a mass conspiracy against women. I just think that it, because of all those factors and because, you know, in a complex system in which you have a lot of stakeholders, it's, it's foolish to think. I think, well, what bugs me about it is in the same way I'm not blaming anyone and saying you're a bad person, you're a bad doctor and it's all doctor's faults or whatever, I'm, I also think it is naive might be a loaded word. (laughs) I think it is in a way foolish to think that with us and the medical care system that we currently have with so many stakeholders and so many priorities that a woman comes in and the woman and the baby are just her top priority. And that's all that matters. I mean, y'all come on. We know that that's, that's not to say anybody is discarding those things and doesn't care about those things, but to say, you know, it's just not that simple. There's a lot of complexities here and we're not blaming anyone, but there needs to be a really careful examination about how those complexities play out in the lives of real women. And often there just isn't time for that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, part of what I shared in response to Michael and Ashley is, you know, I, I come in as a whole person with a history and emotions and memories and other physical issues. And, and yes, I'm seeing someone who is an expert on the physical aspects of birth, but that's one slice of birth. Right. And I think that, yes, the doctor is there and is trained to look for the worst case scenario, prepare for it, prevent it. But that eye toward the worst case scenario creates so much stress in me Mm -hmm. that I think it can jeopardize 
some of my physical outcomes too. I, I am certain that all of my blood pressure issues in the course of both of my births arose from sort of white coat syndrome. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just that that's just I don't think that's an invalid perspective and I'm not blaming the doctor. You know, that's something in me that reacts to all of this um, stress about where the situation could go. And so it shouldn't be an adversarial relationship at all. And it is that, you know, the doctor does have a role. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to doctors or dismissive of that role. What I am saying is I want to see that doctor in context and the analogy that makes the most sense to me, even though it's an imperfect one is as a lawyer, you know, a client comes to see me with a problem that the client is characterizing as a legal problem. I have all kinds of tools that I can bring to work with that legal problem, right? But just because those tools would apply doesn't always mean that I should use them because I need to understand the client's business objectives. I need to understand how this problem came to be, where the client wants to go after this problem is solved. You know, I can bring all my tools to the table, but that doesn't mean that doing so is wise or ultimately helpful to that client. Like there's so much more analysis than just here's what's presenting and here's what I know to do in that situation. So just like a good legal client, you know, I want to be in the situation of birth. I just can't make myself use the word patient, (laughs) but I, you know, I want to be someone who views a doctor's advice always as advice from an expert. Yes. But from an expert in some percentage of the whole equation of what I have going on as a person. And I think that benefits doctors for us Mm -hmm. to own our own health outcomes and for us to have more of a stake in communicating all of the information that's important to these decisions. So, well, and I think what happened, I think we reached the part where people decided to, and not just in birth in the medical system as a whole, I think we reached the part in our society where we were, um, there's a lot of links between sort of pharmaceutical ads where people felt more comfortable advocating for themselves with their doctor and, you know, and especially having Dr. Google at their side. But unfortunately for doctors, we reached this point before we've really gotten to a real discussion about that more care is not better care. And so I understand they're sort of like, oh, please do not come and advocate for yourself with Dr. Google in your back pocket. So like, I think that we've unfortunately got a little ahead of the where we've had a real conversation about what better care means and how you advocate for better care for yourself beyond the scope of give me this drug I saw on TV and sort of that scenario. So I can understand the, their frustration with that. I can imagine it's very, fr- I mean, you know, lawyers have been in that situation too, where people think they're lawyers and that's a frustrating situation as well. But with regards to obstetrics in particular, I also, and, and Michael, I wanted to give him a major shout out. He emailed us that we went sort of back and forth and I mentioned the Atul Gawande because again, such a disciple of his and the article he wrote about birth and he wrote and Michael wrote back and said, I must say, I'm sure you could, ex- as you could expect, I loved parts and question parts, which to me means it's probably quite accurate and my own biases should be confronted just as my original email asked of each of you. Woo. That is a seriously self-aware sentence. That could be the most self-aware sentence I've ever received in an email. Well, I have to tell you, I loved the conversations we were having with both Michael and Ashley through email. And I thought, this is really, I think, how you make progress around healthcare. Yep. People f- with lots of different perspectives. 
And these two physicians who are taking time to have this discussion. Yes. You know, to me, I was just kind of blown away by like, we're having this conversation. Hallelujah. And then, because listen, and, Michael and Ashley could have been like busted on us in the break room and then just never listened to our podcast again. That's they right. done that. That's so. right. And I think just everybody giving each other a little bit of grace um, because it's a conversation that no one really knows how to have because when do you have that opportunity? I think it's terrific. So thank you, Michael and Ashley, for the conversation. And um, I hope that we can continue to discuss the healthcare system, just like I feel like we get such interesting emails about education now that people know that's important to us. Yeah. Let's continue forward with healthcare. It's a big one. And speaking of a little bit of grace, we got some emails um, <laughs> about Stephen, my friend Stephen Crambule, um from Transy in the last uh, podcast. And I think there was a misunderstanding. Several people heard Stephen talk about Hillary as Little Miss Something, who's very ambitious, and thought that that's how he was describing Hillary. But I didn't take it this way. I went back and listened. I feel like you, how you could take it this way, but I know Stephen did not mean it this way. He was more like sort of describing the archetype that many republic from which many republicans see hillary clinton so that don't worry all that i mean he said at the beginning he could be persuaded to vote for hillary so that's not that's not what he meant he was just uh joking (laughs) i think there is an interesting discussion to have maybe maybe not in this episode but sometime about how when we get attached to a candidate and decide like, this is my candidate, it's really hard to hear anything negative about that candidate. And I think particularly with Hillary Clinton, that's, that's even stronger because there's always this sense of like, how is the fact that she's the first woman in this position influencing both what's being said and how I'm hearing it. I had a little Twitter interaction with one of our listeners, Andrew. He said, I think Hillary Clinton is just inauthentic. And I said, well, you know, I have that reaction too. And then I like agonize over whether I'm bringing some sexist bias to evaluating her authenticity. But then I come to like, I also thought that Mitt Romney was inauthentic. So that makes me feel a little better. I think it's just really hard to hear. My experience right now with Hillary Clinton supporters generally is that it is super difficult for Hillary Clinton supporters to hear negative things about her. Um, from any source. And I have, I can relate to that. I don't have a candidate that I feel that way about this cycle, but I get it. Well, I would say it's not difficult because it happens a lot if you're a Hillary Clinton supporter. So it's not difficult in that it's like hard to take because, um, you know, you just get sort of used to it at a certain point, but it's frustrating and it's most certainly frustrating. I had somebody email me after I posted a blog post about it that I've talked about on the podcast before about when I was in high school, I wrote an editorial calling for Bill Clinton's resignation because I had very different political beliefs at the time. And the person emailed me back and was like, how could you think that? She's a liar. She's going to lie when she get in there. He lied. They lie. They're big liars. They're monster liars, basically. And I said, thought through some of the other things I've, you know, because it clearly the infidelities within the Clinton's marriage is going to come up again. Donald Trump is not going to let that not happen. And I was really thinking carefully about my answers. And I think all Hillary Clinton supporters should take a moment to just inhale and exhale and freely, what I've been doing, freely use the word paradox, which are both things are true. Like, I get so defensive of her. I don't acknowledge, like, yeah, that, yeah, that was crappy. That shouldn't have happened. But that 
can also mean it can be true in the same sentence with she'd still be a great president. You know what I mean? Like you get so defensive, you can't acknowledge like, and then you just undermine your own sort of position because people can see how biased you are. And instead of just saying like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying and you're right. Instead, I feel myself when people talk about her as sort of like my brain, it's like a little squirrel in there. Like, oh, here we go. Just start spitting out every excuse you can think of instead of saying, yeah, no, she's got a long history in public service and some of it's very complicated history. And let's just acknowledge like, this situation or that situation was not the best and it was and I'm not going to make excuses for it I'm just going to say I understand it as well as you do and it does not change my my opinion of her or her capabilities as president but that's really hard I mean it is you just want to defend her at all cost that's we are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics but not just when Beth and I are on the road the truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning it's just the truth it makes it feel special makes it feel exciting I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi-connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Pantsuit. 
to go all Buddhist or something, but like the more I get to a place of feeling relatively neutral most of the time, the happier I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt that about Jeb Bush because I ultimately decided, you know, that if I had the ability to vote for Jeb Bush, that was going to be my candidate, right? But I never, like, clung to Jeb Bush in any way, right? I always felt like I could have a discussion that was, here are the pros, here are the cons. I felt the same way about John Kasich. I have made this decision to support him now because this is where we are in the process and he's who I can support. Here are the pros, here are the cons. I just had no attachment to the idea that, like, this is my person. And, oh my gosh, as disastrous as this whole process has been and disappointing and kind of brutal in some ways, I am happier, you know, (laughs) like just on a personal level, because I got pretty invested in John McCain for a while and that is exhausting. So I, I think, and you know, I have similar experiences sort of in my professional and personal life where I just realized the less fired up I get about something in, in feeling like I have to defend it and persuade other people and push it, the better I feel overall. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's an observation. David Brooks wrote a op-ed. And listen, we all know that I am not being unfair here because I've been on the David Brooks series bandwagon of late. Like all his character stuff I really love. But he wrote an op-ed about Hillary Clinton I do not love at all. You found it first, Beth. If you haven't read it, it is about the likability question with Hillary Clinton. And... David Brooks's theory is that Hillary Clinton is not likable because she is a workaholic and because we don't know anything about Hillary Clinton on a personal level and because we we sort of want our leaders to be people who have a hobby, right? Like they play golf or they like movies or whatever. And Hillary Clinton has so devoted her life and so built her relationships around her goals. I I hesitate to use the word ambition because that has become such a charged word around Hillary Clinton. But her profession has been at the center of all of her decisions as far as the general public knows. And that that makes her unlikable. And I have to say that I have thought a lot about this piece because it almost hurt my feelings a little bit. (laughs) Because I read it and saw a lot of myself. I tend to be a little bit intense about everything that I do and people who know me can't make like a long list of things that are fun about me. (laughs) And I just felt, I don't know, I felt a lot of uh, kindred spirit or something with Hillary Clinton for a brief moment (laughs) reading this. Well, I had a a fallout with a friend um, a few years ago and Nicholas said, "You're you're just a challenging person, Sarah. And I thought, what does that mean? What does that mean that I'm a challenge? Aren't I just... I always wanted to be the, the sweet girl, the girl that everybody, you know, so they say, what a nice girl. But the truth of the matter is, is that people are never going to... At least the first thing they're going to say about me is not, what a nice girl. But you know what? I'm okay with that. And I'm certainly proud to be in, in your company and Hillary Clinton's company, if that's whose company I'm in, because nobody will describe me as the life of the party or be able to list off my fun time, happy time, hobbies. I, it bugged me and I couldn't realize, I couldn't figure out why it bugged me until Jezebel wrote it up. And I think the headline says it all. It says, David Brooks writes column titled, Why is Clinton Disliked? That does not contain the word woman. I mean, it just 
was so off the mark when you if you're going to write a column about why Hillary Clinton one of the most complicated people in American public life with a long and complicated history and pick one thing and make your case it just falls so flat like if you wanted to make this in in the as a piece of a much like a smaller part of a much bigger piece that might be fine but to write this whole thing on the fact that people just can't figure out what what she does in her in home time and she's a workaholic and that's the problem like it's just so ridiculous so the the closing paragraph of the Jezebel article which we'll link to says even successful this is quoting Brooks even successful lives need these sanctuaries in order to be a real person instead of just a productive one Brooke writes a sanctuary like a garden or maybe a kitchen it's a good reminder for all women all women there is no amount of power that will keep a man from listening to his dumbest and most deeply ingrained instincts in asking you to in so many words open up And I just was like, yes, nailed it. I think what David Brooks here was doing was trying to use Hillary Clinton to make one of his bigger points about character, which the point that, you know, there is a point to be said that you need to be a real person instead of just a productive one, that just to be a productive person. But I think it completely misses the mark because I think Hillary Clinton is not just a productive person. Hillary Clinton, by all accounts, is a deeply devout person who is spiritual and who sees this sees public service as you know exactly what David Brooks talks about in his book on character which is dedicating yourself to a higher cause and feeling like you have this you're in service to something and you know I just if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt I know where he was going with this but you did not get there friend you did not I think there are a lot of parallels to Mitt Romney actually you know he seemed inauthentic he is, according right, yeah. to people who know him, very devout, views public service as a responsibility, mm-hmm. had all the right intentions, falls pretty flat when he tries to deliver, especially a blow, right? Like his speech about Donald Trump fell as flat as that kind of speech from Hillary Clinton would fall, you know, when you're trying to be a little bit clever and funny. So I I think that I feel less offended about the possible sexist overtones with this piece than others, but maybe it's because it it just lines up so neatly with Mitt Romney for me. Yeah, yeah. I just, again, trying to give you the benefit of the doubt because I was feeling so much of what you've been writing lately, but you're going to have to give me a few more days, buddy. You're going to have to give me a few more days to get over that one. Yeah, a lot of people really hated this. I, I thought it was pretty interesting, but again, in a way that was painful for me. I do think that it's another thing I've been thinking about with Hillary Clinton is what if the Bill Clinton role were reversed? So so what if Bill Clinton had been more like Hillary and she more like him? And how <laughs> would we view and how much... As much as people are frustrated that she shouldn't have to carry his bags, can you imagine how much worse the situation would be if the roles were flipped? If you had sort of this playboy first lady? Yeah. You know, like, I've never heard anyone say girls will be girls. Like, he gets so much more the benefit of the doubt on his indiscretions than she would have. So I do think in that way it is beneficial that she's 
the woman in this in this situation in this weird sort of brain teaser that I've been going through about how much is she harmed by her gender and how much is she helped if if she were the man in this relationship I think that the affairs and everything would be an even worse storyline does that make sense yeah, and what really bug, bugs me, and I sort of said this in the email to the person I was talking about previously, in my personal life, there are people, you know, people in my community who had be- very public indiscretions that their spouses found out about, and they worked through, and you know what, no one, they lie, you know, these are professionals who lied in certain capacities to cover up these indiscretions and no one questions their ability to do their job which I think is really interesting and some of these are jobs built on people's ability to trust you and I don't understand why you know this very messy personal manner matter becomes a statement on their their character for the for the next 50 years like it sort of really bugs me and I think with regards to her in particular, and what what really makes a Hillary supporter defensive, and by that I mean me, is that <laughs> so often, you know, these they're the the people criticizing her for staying with him are people who espouse spirituality or religious a certain you know religious belief that won't allow them to agree with gay marriage, but Hillary Clinton staying in her marriage is all of a sudden this huge character flaw, and I just there's just so much like can we all agree to not talk about their marriage anymore if anything else like isn't there enough of her public service and enough of just him being not involved I mean it was so long ago and it's so yucky to talk about other people's marriages especially now that I've been married a while myself you don't ever know what somebody else's marriage is like and I just it grosses me out I don't want to talk about it anymore and I just feel like we're gonna have to talk about it a lot Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, 
Whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code podcast 15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. So two things in response to that. I, I agree wholeheartedly that I don't like to talk about anybody else's marriage because you have no idea. Mm-mm. The first thing is that there is a line somewhere between an indiscretion and an abusive power. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough line when you are not in that situation. But it's an important line, right? Especially to women. That's an important line. And so... When you look at the Monica Lewinsky situation, which I just hate to discuss, I agree, it's icky, it's not relevant today. But if you look at that situation, you have to ask yourself, was that a none of our business, stupid thing that someone did that he's got got to account for in his own marriage? Or was that an abuse of power? And if it was an abuse of power, is it indicative of many abuses of power? And is that something we should be concerned about? So while I don't want to talk about it either, while I hate some of the things that Donald Trump has been bringing up and think they are objectively false and not relevant and disgraceful. I understand where there are some questions that may be public questions, especially if you're thinking about bringing Bill Clinton back into the White House and in a role that is a big role, as she describes it. Right. Well, and I guess my thought about that is If we couldn't answer those questions with the millions of taxpayer dollars spent on investigations and tons and tons, you know, metric tons of ink spilled on this issue 20 years ago, then I don't know. I don't know how we possibly couldn't have. I mean, we, it's not like this was neglected in the public eye like dude we're all feel we've all tired of talking about it because we've already talked about it so much and you know maybe we missed something and maybe there's new I mean we've definitely come a lot further on our thoughts about gender and gender in the workplace and all these things but like do we really think in the in the framework of a Trump versus Clinton 
presidential campaign that we're going to examine these issues in a new and thoughtful manner and come to some important conclusion 20 years after we had congressional investigations and millions and millions of dollars spent because I don't I don't know we definitely gonna, are not I mean that's I mean I clear. just don't it's gonna be gross and we're gonna have to hash it out again I just want to give it all I agree with you I, I I don't want to hear any of this but I'm just trying to say I understand some a limited amount mm-hmm. of, of why it comes up. The other thing I wanted to say in response to what you said is that I think it's a good, not a good, but a poignant illustration of how there is no winning for women in these situations because if she had left, she would have been criticized. Staying, she's criticized. It reminds me of that line from Primary Colors about how it's never the cheat who goes to hell, it's the one he cheated on. And I think that that's absolutely true and i think that one thing we have to do in this country to sort of move our views of gender dynamics forward is to stop making assessments of the choices people make in their marriages because we don't know and we are bringing these huge backpacks full of our own stuff to how we evaluate people's decisions and it's just not fair. And and I agree with you. That does not have any bearing on someone's ability to do a job or not. Well, and I heard a really great thing the other day. I was listening to Brent in another round. No, this was not the crossover. This was just an episode. And somebody was like, I don't really think that's the point. And they quoted Roxane Gay as saying, a, um, a woman, you don't ever get to say something broader as a woman. Like, it has to just be about you, a bigger lesson, or create art or culture about something that's just not purely sort of happens in our own conversations. Like we can, we can say, we can sort of make a bigger point beyond our own experience as a woman's experience in a smart and thoughtful way without just, you know, like we can criticize experiences without just saying, without just purely judging their experience. Like I think there's a thoughtful way, I mean, this personal judgment on them. I don't know if that any of that made sense, but. No, it totally does. I think that goes back to my point about sort of how I feel healthier when I'm not clinging to a candidate in a way that I take something on about it that's personal, where I can just kind of step back and observe without judgment and then and then say, and based on all of that, my conclusion is X. And that to me is a real study with respect to Hillary Clinton, because I look at her and from a pure policy perspective, I think I just... I can't make, I can't vote for her because from when I put everything else aside and just look at policy, it just does not line up for me at all. But how I feel about her personally, especially in light of things like the David Brooks article, I keep stepping back to say like, there's a ton of nuance really in how I feel about her and how I would feel about her as our president. And it reveals to me so much about my own personality and my own attitudes and I think there's something really healthy in all of that for me, but it, but it comes to fruition for me because I don't feel wrapped up in her, you know? Oh, speaking of, I heard one of the, my new favorite usage of the word nuance. I was listening to Freakonomics and they were talking about how to gain grit in your real life and sort of, um, how to become exceptionally good at something and not just be a, a dilettante that moves from one new thing to the next. And the sort of grit expert said she thought the development of grit, some, that it's about moving from novelty to nuance. 
which I thought was mm, so good. Like it's about it's not it's not just from jumping to a new thing, but it's to, about finding the nuance um, within something you just learned about or you've you already knew, which I thought was really great. That reminds me of one of my new favorite Brooke Castillo things, too, when she talks about actively wanting what you already have, I love that. which is more like more than being grateful for it, but like actively wanting. No, it. I, I love that list where she's too. like, make a list of things you want, but make sure and include the things you want that you already have. Oh, so good. So because gratitude always feels a little like this sounds bad. This is going to make me sound like a bomb person, but gratitude always feels like sort of saccharine, like. I'm just going to be so grateful for everything I have. And always springs kind of empty. But when she said, like, be, think about the things you want. Like, I want to be married to somebody who treats me like an equal. Already got that. You know, like all these amazing, like, it's such a smart way to really be grateful, to really think about what you're thankful for. I love that. I love that too. And I think that's nuanced, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're able to look at your life as a collection of things that you desire and, and made happen for yourself. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, we are grateful for all our fabulous subscribers and especially our newest subscriber, Mary, who is one of our sorority sisters and who we just love. So thanks for subscribing, Mary. You've got some T-shirts coming your way. And as always, thank you to Nicolette Page and Sydney, our all-star subscribers. And if you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Paint Suit Politic or subscribe to our email list, buy a t-shirt, call our number, leave a voicemail. <laughs> we got lots of... Write an iTunes review. so many things <laughs> that you can get involved in the Pantsuit Politics uh, community. You can also... I, I heard some, another podcast say this, and I thought this was easy, too. If you want to just record a note on your phone and email it to us, you can do that, too. We do love hearing your voices. It's the mm-hmm. best. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. We hope to hear from you between now and then. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all.